welcome to episode number 199 of the Finger Guns podcast. Guys, we're on 199, which you know what that means, don't you? It means it's episode 200 next week. And we have some awesome stuff lined up for you next week. I'm just going to do a quick plug now. I'll do a quick plug at the end. Little reminder that we are recording a little bit later next week uh, because we have a very incomparable host returning um, to the show. Also, we have a little bit of a celebrity guest, a little bit of our favourite in the Finger Guns family uh, coming to celebrate episode 200 of us. Please don't miss it. It'll likely be out Wednesday morning um, because we're filming on Tuesday. So please, please don't miss that. But right now, this is episode 199. We've got some news to get into. We've got a PlayStation State of Play. We've got Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores to get into. And we've got a Sega, some Sega news. Uh, and I can't really do this pod without my team, um, who have been fantastic while I've been hosting the pod. Uh, and that, we'll start with Yog Dog, Mr. Jonathan Brown. How are we, Yog? I'm not too bad, thanks. Uh, how are you doing? Good. I'm great, thanks. How's your week been, dude? Uh, pretty busy. Um, I've been hammering hours into War Tales uh, towards the nice. start of it. Uh, and then since I have been reviewing uh, the next DLC for Europa Universalis 4. So I'm, uh, yeah, been putting a lot of hours into PC gaming. Uh, I've still got more to come because I've got at least one more game I'm really excited for as well, uh, which I haven't even touched yet. Love to hear that. Um, I'm in a similar boat. I have a game that I'm really anticipating. Um, it's not Burning Shores. It will be eventually. That's cool. We've got three days to that. Uh, but I have a game right now, um, which I can't wait to get my hands on. So, um, which is currently embargoed and I can't talk about it. So we shall see. But I'm glad to hear that you're good. I'm glad to hear that you've been doing nothing but PC gaming because I love that. Um, yeah, the, the only other thing I've been doing is I walked up a mountain. Or, oh, not a mountain. Right, it's more of a hill. <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> so I, I walked up a hill on Saturday with my girlfriend because we like uh, doing stuff like that occasionally. That's and my cool. knees hate me for it. Honestly. So. It's always the back of the legs as well for me. It's yeah, fun. Oh, it's like a workout. It's like leg day. Did you enjoy it? Was it nice weather? Uh, the weather wasn't the best. It, it was just cloudy. Um, mm. it, there was a little bit of sunshine when we left the house where we live, but then where we got to, it certainly wasn't. <laughs> it was like very cloudy. No rain though, thankfully. So you know, it could have been okay. a lot well, worse. Thank God for that. Yeah, I don't want you to be like being like blown down the mountain like Winnie the Pooh or anything like that. <laughs> I just roll down, it's fine. I got plenty of fat to, you know, make sure I'm safe and everything, so it's all good. Me too, mate, me too. That's why I don't climb mountains. <laughs> Fear of rolling down. <laughs> we have Mr. Miles Thompson here with us this week. Hello once again. Hello there. Hello. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. I, I Hello there. That. I'm sorry. That was a little Hello. bit Irish. Hello there, hello there. My name's Kathleen. I'm from the podcast. How there you go. Do- no, I just went to American, but like, yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> was good for a moment. It was very good. It was good for a tiny second. Uh, how are you, Miles? 
I'm very good, thank you. I am on a week of annual leave this week, so I can't wait to this just do nothing. This is what dreams are made of. Literally, Lovely absolute stuff. dream. I think I woke up at 12 o'clock on both Saturday and Sunday, which was glorious. I haven't had a lion like that forever. So, yeah, I'm very much loving life, thank you. <laughs> Love that. Any plans for annual leave, or are you just going to play some games? Just playing games. Just games, games, more games, and probably some more games. Anyone who doesn't know what Miles does on his annual leave, he literally chugs out reviews like he's some sort of weird AI bot. <laughs> um, he, the kid's like literally written in the Slack like every day in the last four days being like, this is in drafts, this is in thing, this is ready to go. This is, you're making us all feel like shit, Miles. What is wrong with you? I got into a flow. I couldn't stop. I was just like addicted. Okay. Strange enough. All right. Well, listen, like, I'm for Sean and Ross love your flow. Us reviewers, on the other hand, you make us feel like bum. So could you hold fire on all your reviews <laughs> that you got? No, I'm kidding. You're doing an excellent job, good sir. Um, oh, just make you. sure you take time to play some games for you. Thanks, um, appreciate it. And finally, joining me for the last episode in the 100s, it's Mr. Joshua Thompson. Yes, and it will also be my last appearance. You're in the hundreds. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, didn't even let me pause me. for that one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, the oh. thing is, that's why, because I'm not going to let you go. You're never leaving. You're never going. You are a podcast. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? You're stuck with me, whether you like it or not. And that's on you. That's your problem, not mine. I don't know if it's on them. It's probably on me. I've just said <laughs> I it. I love that. <laughs> it's your problem, listeners. <laughs> it's your problem. Listen to my voice. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, like, I'm tired, but I didn't do any hill walk. And I've just, uh, I just, I didn't spend the whole weekend. I, I guess I watched Create Crash, uh, Create Crash, Creator Clash this weekend. Crash was there, to be fair. Crash Bandicoot um, in a in an ad segment. But yeah, that was promised to be from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. I was still watching it at like five o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, so I'm still trying to rejuvenate from that experience because um, I, I didn't really lie in yesterday. And then, you know, like all of us, we just have to play video games. And here I am. There you go. That's yeah. I feel that I didn't climb any mountains either. We just yeah, just. Oh, I tell you what though, me. I had Ramona. You know when we said we were going to go to Ramona in Manchester, we didn't. Oh yeah. Yes, I, I went to that Ramona pizza place. It was alright. It was oh, okay. I'm glad yeah. we didn't go because it would have been oh, a bad really? impression on like yeah, like it was okay, but. The potato tots there. Oh, I don't want to dog out Ramona now. I've, I've just realised we're in a public, <laughs> we're in a public space. The pizza was very good. The sides not as much. The the vibes are pretty cool though. It's like an outdoorsy like bar that goes indoors and stuff like that. And they do DJ sets at night, so it's a really cool place. The pizza they do like Detroit style pizza, which is like tray bake square, like crispy on the outside sort of pizzas and then just all the all the goodness of the toppings um nice. yeah it was nice Sick. nice did you hear that ramona your pizza's good your vibe is good but your tots are shit no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you said it not me <laughs> uh, um uh, sad i do love a tater top i've only had like one in my life but uh and that was in america so they were pretty banging to be fair i think that tater tots in england they do like hash brown 
style, and I'm just like, yeah. See the one, the ones that I had, I feel like they were just like that cane bag that you can get from Tesco, probably Oh. fried, which is all right. But you know, it's it felt like something I could do at home. Come on, up you go. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> bro, oh, well, that's good. Okay, well, now we're going to get into our game of the week for the last time in the hundreds. Uh, York, what is your game of the week, good sir? Ooh, uh, I guess my game of the week is probably going to be, I can't talk about two of them, so I'm going to have to go to the only other game I've played which isn't embargoed. Um, so it'd be Total War Rome 2, which is an older uh, Total War title, but there's a mod call for it called Divider Impera. Um I think I might have talked about this last week as well, actually. But I've been playing a bit of that in my downtime again uh, and continuing to just, like, have fun campaigns and stuff. It changes quite a lot to the base game. It adds supply systems. Uh, it changes the way regions works. Uh, there's a lot more historical accuracy. So the units which you use will have nice descriptions based on... Um, they'll be based on historical units, which that faction or nation fielded. Um, there'll be events which take place which are coded into the, the mod which won't be in the base game which historically happened it's just a it's a really nice overhaul and it, it's a really extensive overhaul um, it's not just adds an extra couple of factions or anything it's a, it's a hugely extensive mod um, it's not for everyone it's definitely a lot more difficult than the base game is Um But to those who do prefer a bit more of historical accuracy and like some additional complicated systems to keep things fresh, uh, then I would heartily recommend it. Sounds good, dude. Sounds good. Love that. Um, I think I don't think you did mention that last week, but you may have. Who knows? Um, I cannot remember, but it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I um I've been playing quite a few modded games in my downtime in the last couple of months, so I can't remember if that was one of them or not. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying that you've been like modding out a couple of your old kind of favorites. Um, which sounds pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sounds good, dude. Um, Miles, what is your game of the week, good sir? So I had a toss-up between two different games, so I'm just going to briefly mention both because they're relatively short experiences, but both well worth trying out. Uh, the first one is Boundary, which is a space-based FPS shooter. Um, it's basically like Call of Duty, literally in space. So all, every like class is like a version of an astronaut, and you've got like your typical class of like assault, heavy, sniper, medic, whatever. Um And you battle across space stations as like you float around and you can like barrel roll either way and you have to like account for the fact that there's no gravity and bullet drop and all, all that sort of thing it's really fun it's really quite basic i think it's just gone into early access and there's more planned to be worked on but it's just really chaotic like you fly around and you get really disorientated really quickly And at the same time, you're trying to like 360 people and blast them with a sniper rifle to crack their helmets so that they like die from not being able to breathe. Um, it's just really fun. Um, and I kind of recommend it. It's a bit content light at this stage. There's a lot of cosmetics and a lot of unlockables in game, which is nice. But there's only, I think, seven maps um, and five game modes, all of which you'll have played in like any other FPS game that exists. Um 
but it was just like the learning curve of taking mechanics that you've played like a hundred billion times before and having to relearn it in like the depths of space is really cool and graphically is gorgeous as well so it's well worth checking out for that reason um and then the other one is suffer the night which is a horror inspired like retro kind of game but it's also like a game within a game <laughs> so i'm not going to spoil too much about it but the basic premise is that you are alone obviously in a secluded cabin during a storm it's very dark and this creepy looking pale faced top hat trench coat stranger turns up at your door and puts an envelope through the letterbox with a game on it and you have to simultaneously play the text-based horror adventure game alongside trying to keep this weird dude out of your house um but it goes into a lot more than that that's like the first maybe 30 minutes to an hour and then i'm not going to tell you anything about the other three hours of the game um it's very accessible as like a horror game so if you're wanting to try out horror type games but without like the pressure of say alien isolation this would be a very good starting point because the puzzles are pretty straightforward the uh combat mechanics are pretty um accessible and easy to grasp um but it's got like a really cool story it's got a really good atmosphere to it um and i just really enjoyed it like none of it is particularly like the best in its class but it just has like a real aura about it that you can't help but just fall in love with and by the end of it i was like that was a super good game it's got some flaws but i've had a great time with it so i think it deserves some recognition and hopefully it'll get a, a nice little audience for itself Nice. That sounds good. And you can check those reviews out now on fingerguns.net. Because uh, they went live today, I think, didn't they? Uh, yes, they have. Yeah. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Uh, this is Josh Thompson. What is your game of the week? Uh, my game of the week is going to be The Last Worker. Um, the Last Worker is a narrative adventure game from a first-person perspective where you play as the last human worker in, like, a delivery warehouse of, like, a mega corporation called Yungle. Um, it's very on the nose of being um, Amazon, I guess, in a, in a satirical, futuristic, dystopian way. Um, uh, and it kind of tells the story of how this worker... It either is led with uh, by led by capitalism or by activism in the choices that you kind of make. Um, it's not that uh, it's quite a linear story, but there are by the end a couple of choices to make through it. Um, and you play as Kurt. He's kind of been there for twenty five years, and uh, most of them years now have been on his own. Um, he's got a best friend called Skew. I think it's Skew, um, played by Jason Isaacs. Um, he's been in a lot of things. He's quite quite a big British um, actor. Um, and the art style is made by Mike McMahon. Uh, he did. He's a, a an artist for 2000 AD, so like uh, Judge Dredd and stuff like that. So another British staple. Um, and yeah, I finished it last night and then I played through to get all the other endings um, and it's a short but sweet game it kind of uh, has a little bit of cumbersome controls um, this is also a title for PSVR 2 um, I've not managed to play it on PSVR 2 but I imagine that it could be more fun 
uh, with that in that setting. Um, for most of the game, you're pretty much sat in this sort of like hover conveyor machine, kind of packing and picking these stuff in a, in a warehouse. Um, you kind of size them up, see if they've got the right stickers on size and weight, if it's damaged or not. Um, and if it's good to go, you send it off. If it's bad, you go to recycle it. But then there's a whole story going on. Um, and yeah, it's not too bad. I think it, um, I'm going to talk more in depth, I think, in my review about my impressions of it. So that should be up probably the next few days or next couple of days, I'd say, um, about my review. Um, I did like it, didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Um, cool cel-shaded art style. Um, yeah, check it out. Um, but Kat, what is your game of the week? Oh, thanks for asking, Josh. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really have a game of the week this week. I've kind of been picking up and trying to just trophy clean up Hogwarts and all that jazz. Um, yeah, I would say that that's probably my my game of the week. Um, the other stuff Not is on Dark Road, so I can't. Yeah, and I've and I've dipped into Dead by Daylight. Um, I know <laughs> shocking information, breaking news. Um, but the other games that I have probably dipped into, I can't talk about. So, yeah, I've been trying to do some trophy cleanup on Hogwarts. I honestly don't know. I still don't know how Sean's done it. Um, there was one particular trophy which I didn't think I'd get that I got yesterday, and then there's another trophy where you've got 100% all the collections. And I looked, and I've done half. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's going to take a long while. I think that's just going to be a dippy in and out of game. Because I still need to do all the Merlin Charles. And I think I've done, like, 30, 70 left. <sighs> but it's quite a good game to just, like, put your brain in a jar in. Because the Merlin Charles aren't hard. They're just, like, you know, smash these pots. Or, you know, smash this rock. Or, like, guide this marble to this little divvy hole. Um... And yeah, so that's that's kind of my games of the week. Uh, but thank you so much for asking, Josh. Um, yeah. All right, should we do uh, the last quiz of the hundreds? Maybe in two hundred, Miles can promise to make them more chaotic than ever. Who knows? Oh God, how can I make it more chaotic? <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. But you, I'm sure you'll think of it. I think you should <laughs> gaslight us with questions, like. Just fake fake Family questions with real there. answers. Yeah. And then just like say if we're wrong or not. And if if we're wrong, it's your choice if we're right or wrong or not. Um, Should I just make it where every answer is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> like, and you have to guess the wrong answer that I put. Oh, we're just explaining QI now, aren't we? They kind of yeah. get packed based on being how funny they are, not how right they are. <laughs> oh, well. That could be quite oh, well. Come at me, Stephen Fry. Oh, well, Miles, are you ready to do the quiz? I am indeed. Are you guys ready to do the quiz? That's the real question. We're never ready. Do we all know the rules? Always. Rather always than right. one rule. <laughs> Joshua's already won. He's got maximum points. Okay, let's do this. Question number one. If I were an outcast samurai known as the ghost, what would my real name be? Josh. It's Jin Sakai. It is. Well done, sir. Fucking hell. I was just about to say, Ghost of Tsushima. And I was like, no. I was just about to say him. that, and I was like, let him finish, let him finish. <laughs> How many times have I said? Yeah. 
thankfully <laughs> that came up in my head as soon as you said it. <laughs> uh, question number two. I'm the android sent by Cyberlife is a quote from which character in which game? Cat. Um, that would be Connor from Detroit Become Human. It is indeed. Well done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice indeed. What are the zombies called in Back for Blood? Oh my god. Oh, I've got a fucking stupid name. They do. They have a very stupid name. Uh, Go on, Josh. Are they creepers? No. Oh, damn it. It's something Cat. as stupid as that. It is. Cat. Um, Aren't they called something ridiculous, like the Ridden, or is that the Caves? You are correct. It is indeed the Ridden. Oh, I thought it was the Caves. I didn't know if that was the Caves or not. I was like, didn't you do a DLC called the Ridden Caves or something ridiculous like that? Oh, I can't even remember now. I mean, we did like three DLC packs for it. I can't even remember what they're called. One was called Rivers of Blood. Uh... Oh, you're thinking yeah, of Tunnels of Terror. Specific... Yeah, you had to go into specific caves, didn't you? And they were like the caves that were like... I thought they were called Ridden Caves. No, so they were like the first DLC. It was called Tunnels of Terror. And you had to go into like these like additional mini missions inside the missions themselves. It wasn't a very good DLC. I didn't like it. I didn't review it very well. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought they were called Ridden Caves. I just gave it a shot, but yeah. They, they, they might have been. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then there was that... Then there was that DLC for the dance hall caves where it was called Run the Ridden. <laughs> Run the Ridden. Oh, what a game. What a game. Okay, I will hold my, my hand on so that. Oh no, I've got my hand on. Question number four Hades features four main realms that you have to work through in each run. Can you name them? Oh, no, I can't. Oh, do <laughs> any of you know your. Uh... <laughs> Your Greek mythology, any good? Shit. Mm. You know what? I played that game for so long, probably like about 50 hours. Yeah, we played 45 hours. I, I can't tell you about them. Oh, Yog. One called Elysium. Yes, yes, one is called Elysium. That is one point for you. There's four points on offer here. Um, What's the underworld called? Tartarus. Yep. There's two out of four. I don't know oh, any of us. I am yeah. impressed, to be fair, that you managed to get the two. <laughs> so Dites vagina. No, I'm kidding. Um Hercules's <laughs> head. Uh no, Hercules's head is not a realm of the untold. <laughs> Although it would make for a good one, I'm sure. There was one called Something Sticks, wasn't there? Yes. But what it was, about it? It was a place of sticks. <laughs> oh my god. You're so uh... close. You're so close. <laughs> you can do this, I believe in you. Um, it's about mythology. Would it be something like a temple of sticks? Oh my god, Yogg's stolen it! <laughs> it <is indeed laughs> Yogg didn't put his hand up, so Josh could technically still stop Oh this. yeah, that is true. There was no hand up. That is true. Oh my god, Cat's put <laughs> her hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Evil. Oh my god. Yeah, it uh, is. Yog, what's really funny is that this used to happen all the time oh. when I used to do the quiz, is that Ross used to be like, um, 
I would know when Sean used to do the quiz, I'd be like, oh, I know it, it's blank. And then Ross would put his hand up and be like, this is blank. And I'm like, it happened like four times. Ross had a couple of songs um... he was not happy with. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a hint, seeing as you guys managed to get three out of four. The last one begins with A. I don't know if that helps in any singular way. Josh. Asphodel. It is. Well done. Interesting. I got one at least. Jeez. I'm very impressed with that. To be fair, you almost had um, Temple of Sticks. So, okay. Question number five: Crisis two and three are set in which real life city? Josh. Is it San Francisco? It is not San Francisco. Cat. Damn it. I'm just going to say something shit like Seattle. It is not Seattle. Yog, would you like a guess? Mm. Mm. I've even played Crisis 2, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, it did come out a little while ago. Was it 2010, I think, it came out? Uh, Yeah, it was possibly. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it's East Coast, not West Coast. So... I'm just going to go with New York, I suppose. It is indeed New York City. Oh well God, I was done. Wow. New York, and then I went for Seattle. I was like, nah, it can't be as obvious as New York. Like... It is that obvious. It's that kind of shooter. Well, well, no, I was going to go with Chicago um, at first, which isn't East, I was gonna go with Chicago, eastern so side. Like, but... Yeah, maybe. Very nice. Oh, man. Fair play. Very, very nice. All right. This one is quite a hard one, I will openly admit. So good luck. Uh, question number six. Released in 2005, which open-world third-person shooter featured 52 marked enemies identified as a deck of cards? Oh my god, Yog, go on. Mer- Mercenaries World in Flames. I fucking love you, Yog! <laughs> I love that game on... I can't remember if it was PS2 or Xbox I played it. That but I played a, a ridiculous amount of it. The second one was terrible, unfortunately. Oh no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, I love that. Awesome. Uh, okay, question number seven. Devil May Cry 5 featured a third newly introduced playable character. Who were they? Josh? V. It is indeed V. I thought you said nice. me. I was like, lol. <laughs> yeah, it was Josh. I mean, I kind of looked like um fucking big old emo. Since when was the <laughs> cyberpunk person in... Uh... In Devil May Cry. Hey, Hey, Devil May Cry 5 came first. It was the OGV. That sounds weird. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Question number eight. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just recomposing myself. Uh, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War introduced which revolutionary mechanic where enemies could. Jesus Christ, Josh. The Nemesis system. It is. Well done. It's a shame they trained off the Nemesis system. I'm I'm still sad that Temple Sticks got nicked off me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Og. I'm so sorry. I love you, and that means you're fully indoctrinated into the quiz right now. It's a harsh world, is this quiz? I've got to say, it's, it's a a savage. No, I'm not going to give my world. point away again. No, is but someone you able to articulate what the nemesis system is for Cat? So effectively, what would happen? Is... Oh, I can go for it, or if you want to go for it, Josh, go. You go, Mars. You're you're a better speaker. <laughs> debatable um, so effectively you would have a bunch of orcs within the world if an orc or a random enemy was to kill you they would get promoted into a captain so then you'd have like hierarchy chains oh, so you'd have captains okay. then you'd have a general then you'd have like an overseer 
So the more enemies killed you, they then formed relationships. If they killed you before, when you next saw them, they would remark like, oh, I kicked your ass last time, so now I'm going to kick your ass again. Um, They would have weaknesses, they would have strengths, and then you could also like take control of them so they would become your captains. It was a really awesome hierarchy system that they introduced. Um, and which was never used again because Warner Brothers have fucking patented it. Or Bastards. Whatever. Yeah, in 10 years' time, we're going to get loads of games with a shit ton of the Nemesis system all over it. <laughs> Do you know what's fucked? We've got Suicide Squad coming out and they didn't even bother it with it for that. And I reckon Suicide Squad would be a great Nemesis system game. Yeah, yeah that could be pretty Let's make that happen. That is a great shout. You have like evil. That's why they delayed it till February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have like evil flash remarking how he kicked your ass like seven times previously. Yeah, that'd be so good if you could turn it from Brainiac. Dope. Um, Warner Bros, I'm here anytime. I already applied for you back in August um, as a writing gig. Um, you can still take me on. I mean, so. he's here every week, Warner Bros. He's here every week. Hit him up whenever you want him. <laughs> Question nine. Which of the four horsemen of the apocalypse was the protagonist in the original Darksiders game? Yogg. Oh. It is war. Well done. What is she good for? Haha. Oh. Ha. Never changes either. Question number ten. This nineteen ninety eight. Yes, I'm embarrassed. Sorry. That was a, that was a, that was a delayed effect. I got that in the end. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was really <laughs> hoping yes, somebody would do it. <laughs> oh. um, question number ten. This nineteen ninety eight point and click adventure game was created by LucasArts and based on the main character being a travel agent for the dead. What game is this? Josh. Grim Fandango. It is Grim Fandango. It is Grim Fandango as well. (laughs) Grim Grim Fandango. (laughs) I should have known that from 1998 point and click. Like how many fucking old ass point and clicks? I'm actually impressed with that one to be fair. That's also LucasArts. Yeah, it is. Yeah, to be fair. It's not 90, the DA you just pointed out, but it's, it's there. Alrighty, well, that brings us to another fucking tiebreaker. <laughs> oh no, Janine. It wouldn't uh, be yeah. a tiebreaker if I had my bloody point. Yeah, it's a big shot shame. Uh, you listen, you're indoctrinated into the quiz properly now, <laughs> York. It's a I baptism see. of fire, is this quiz. It really, really is. It's savage. Okay, right. Tiebreaker Who's question. It is between. Yog Dog with five points and Josh with five points. Cat, you had three. So it was a good haul. You're unlucky. <gasps> so that brings us to the tiebreaker question. Are we ready for the tiebreaker question? Oh, I bet it's going to be a strategy one. Uh, it's going to be Final <laughs> Fantasy or something, and I've never played one. I can confirm it is neither of those. I'm going to make this as uh, generic, I suppose, as possible. Hey, it might be Mario, Yog Dog. It oh. is not. It is absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to I make it a Mario question now. <laughs> We've already hurt him enough with losing the point. We can't do that to him as well. Okay. In Modern Warfare 2, the original one, which level was optionally able to be skipped or not played? Yog. No Russian. Correct. It is no Russian. Yog wins. He has come through the tides and he's taken the win. I'm convinced I answered more questions than five, but... I'm, I'm afraid not. It was because Yog got, I think it was three out of the four on the Hades question, which bumped yeah, him up. Yeah, it did. Two. I got two. Oh, two of them. I got two. But yeah, that set him on his way. 
And then he got the mercenaries. Now it definitely is. But now it definitely is a tiebreaker. Then if he didn't get three and he got two, now no, he did. It, it was just that I'd said three, oh, but he had okay. got two. I, I, I got, I've I got mercenaries crisis two in the um, yeah the New York thank you one and then... stop the count. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and an then independent he... adjudicator as well as a fact. Hey, hey, I can confirm he got the crisis question, he got mercenaries, he got dark siders, oh. and then he got two points in the Hades, which put him on five alongside Josh. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And then he Big clinched minutes. the tiebreaker. Well done, Yog. Thank you. Oh, sorry, then. Very nice. Well done, Yog. Thank you, Miles. That was very good. Thank you, thank you. Do love a Detroit question, Connor is Bay. <laughs> right then uh we recently had a state of play via uh i said via playstation playstation is the only place that do state of plays um and uh this one was 20 minutes of gameplay for final fantasy 16 um it's a few months off it comes out june 22nd 2023 and it is a limited time PS5 exclusive. The latest trailer tells us that it's got a six-month exclusivity window and isn't available on other platforms until December. Uh, this state of play was pretty banging. It showed us loads of stuff. It showed us story. It showed us weapons. It showed us a pretty decent combat system. It showed us AI. It showed us that it won't be open world. Uh, Chocobos, hell yeah. <laughs> and it allowed us to meet Clive our new fantasy protagonist um so i know that there are some big final fantasy players here in the team i know that yog has predicted that final fantasy 16 will earn a massive score of 16 on the on the meta predictions for this year yes. <laughs> i love that i love that so much yog, yog did you catch the showcase this year at all no i said this year this week no no, 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 Did no! You I care? didn't. Do you still? Are you still predicting that it's a, it's a solid sixteen from Final Fantasy sixteen? I care about as much for this event as everyone else cared for the Paradox event. Not one, back. <laughs> <laughs> so Damn! shade. There's some shade over here from from York. Final Fantasy will not be working with him in the future. <laughs> no, this isn't, uh, this isn't a loaded uh, question. This isn't a loaded question. But what has uh, not? Tickled your pickle with Farfetch in general. I don't really like the art style. I don't really like the from a surface level what I see about the stories and stuff. You mean you don't like anime hair and big swords? <laughs> exactly. I like big swords, but I don't like anime and hair and stuff. Cloud's hair is always quite. I, I literally have a claymore in the room with me, uh, so I got a massive two-handed sword in here. So I like my big swords, but everything else is. Uh, <laughs> People don't get that out of context, all right? Jeez. <laughs> He's talking about literal swords here. I, I, I own two swords and a knife. Uh, the steel knife. So, yeah, I, I like Damn. steel. Really you hear nice. that, people? Don't fuck with Yog. He owns two swords and a knife. That's not, not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> They're not sharp. I haven't bought because I'm amazingly clumsy and I don't trust myself. So they are bought <laughs> weapons just to like go on display or whatever. And I will eventually mount them on the wall or whatever. But uh, yeah. Anyway, you're kind of getting off track here. I, <laughs> I, I'm not interested. Okay. Like, I would potentially be persuaded to play one. But it'd have to be a damn good one to persuade me to be like 
playing any of these again. I, uh, I don't that, have... I've never played a Final Fantasy, and this one, this one's taken my fancy a little bit. I've not even watched um... the event at all. I'll have to go back and watch it now. If, yeah, if give it a little watch. Yeah, let us know how you feel about it. But I agree with you. It's never really tickled my pickle either. Uh, but I'll tell you whose pickles it just tickles. Uh, <laughs> it tickles Miles's pickle. I know that for sure. It probably will be a day one, I can imagine, for him. I know that him and Josh are very hyped. I know Toby's a big Final Fantasy player as well. But I'm going to move over to Miles. Miles, what is your roundup Final Fantasy impression? This is the first time that we've seen a solid chunk of Final Fantasy and really kind of deep delved into uh, what we're expecting um, over the next kind of couple of months following up to release. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, fears? Uh, my thoughts are it looks absolutely hype as shit. I think it looks really, really cool. And I think this is the benefit of Sony's new approach to State of Plays where doing like a proper chunk of a deep dive into the game where you show off everything about the world the gameplay the combat systems the questing story it covered every base that to give you every piece of information you could possibly need to make your mind up as to whether this game would be for you it's devil may cry inspired combat looks really really fast paced exciting it looks awesome just to actually play. There's like a certain level of epic scale to it in terms of like summons and just everything they showed off just seemed almost handpicked of like, this is just a taste of what this game is going to give you. And I was like, every part of it, I was like, this looks better and better each time I see more of it. This was a game that when it was originally announced, I kind of just saw it as it's another Final Fantasy. Not sure if I'm going to be that bothered about it. And Everything that they've shown off about it has me completely sold, and this will most likely be a day one for me. Um, I think there were a couple of things within it, like some of the lip syncing and the voice acting is uh, questionable at best, but I guess Final Fantasy is not the greatest track record of that anyway. Um, and some of the editing I found really odd of like how they transition between certain scenes in the state of play, but I think that's more just like the showcase issue, not the game. Um, but there's a lot about this Final Fantasy that looks like it's taking all of the elements that you expect from a Final Fantasy game and it's elevating them to another level of quality. And for me, the combat system is the biggest shift. The fact that you can dodge so effectively, the parrying and the attack animations all look super slick and super smooth. And you can see just the DMC influence, which given Devil May Cry 5 and 4 are two of my favorite games of all time, that's just right on my street. So this game I think is really going to hit an audience and I think it's going to do pretty remarkably well when it comes out. I think the only thing that will hold it back is its lack of like voice acting quality in places and uh, some of its like stilted animational stuff that's been carried over but it it looks like a brilliant really fun game and uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will have been sold by the state of play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it does look visually like the combat of um, Devil May Cry, which is really exciting. I think one thing that is a massively applaudable kind of element they've added is how accessible the combat is. With 16 games, well, technically 17, if you want to count the Final Fantasy VII remake, um, into Final Fantasy. So there are going to be a lot of people who are like diehard day oneers who have, you know, been playing it, been following it for a really long time. And sometimes that can be quite overwhelming, I think, for for newer players. Like maybe perhaps people like myself and Yogg, who would probably want to get into the series and not know where the fuck to start or what to do or what one's the best one. And everyone's going to have an opinion, just like they do with Resident Evil. But something that I found really, really nice was the fact that 
they are describing this really combat-heavy, action-heavy game, but they're suggesting that actually we still want you to have fun. So if you're not really a combat-heavy gamer, you can just play the story and actually, you know, we'll we'll, we'll create these rings um, of quick-time events instead. Yeah. will still allow you to have the same power, the same kind of um, visualizations that you can enjoy so that you don't have to be a seasoned gamer or even just somebody who doesn't like that much combat in a game, which I thought was was quite applaudable in, in this series so late on. Yeah, I think the coolest thing about this is, like they'll May Cry games, what they do is they don't like, you don't lose the flair of the combat by using the accessibility options. I think the coolest thing about it is that the game basically does like auto combos for you. So you don't really have to do like intricate button sequences or have to do like memorizing like uh, analog stick patterns to be able to pull off certain moves. The game will auto combo for you. So you'll be pulling off the coolest moves in the game and you'll look like a badass, but you won't have to be doing all of the intricacies that comes with like loads of years of experience of playing games like this. <clears throat> so you get all the flair and the fun of it, but you don't have to be incredibly good at games to be able to pull it off. And I think that's the nicest yeah. blend that you can get where you get all the fun and the enjoyment and the game doesn't kind of punish you for having to use accessibility options. Um, it still yeah, makes it just as good for someone else, which is a really nice touch. I also noticed this don't care mode where they were like, if you get choice paralysis from the skill tree, uh, you can just let the game choose for you. It's like, that is hilarious. Like, oh, fuck it, I don't care. Or maybe you just want to be surprised and you want to say, do you know what, actually, I'll let the game pick my story and how I'm going to play. Um, I find that really interesting because actually, I think a lot of players love a skill tree. They love like picking or like customizing their own character and how that's going to look and kind of what um, elements best suit them in their combat or their play style and i love this like do you not give a fuck that's cool we've got you covered here too you can just let the game pick your skill tree great love that idea um great okay well that's our that's one of our experts down joshua what did you what did you feel how are you feeling about final fantasy 16 um yeah i'm quite excited to be fair um it's not my um it's not, not my favorite it? it, it's no. no i mean it's not my favorite um angle that they go oh, for gosh. when they do final fantasy um they they've you know they cover all sorts of well for lack of a better term fantasy sort of elements um and the sort of direction of kind of like the old english sort of is it? I'm trying to say, like, think of another word of fairy tale because it's not a fairy tale, but it's like that sort of like old English tale of, yeah. um, you know, medieval like warriors, and, mystical, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um, that's not my favorite genre of Final Fantasy stuff, but I know people that love Final Fantasy Nine and will swear by it, and it's a very similar sort of aspect of the genre that they're going for. Uh, I think. At the at the start of the state of the play, I think this this one is for everyone now. That well, or they're trying to make it for everyone because yeah. I think they said it like three times. Like you do not have to have played any of the other Final Fantasies to enjoy this yeah. one. And it's like it's true. It's an anthology series, and probably people still to this day don't realize that. Um, yeah, I think obviously there was, there was the whole conversation the 
um, Skillup brought up as well when the, he was interviewing um, the creators of Final Fantasy 16 about this being um, what they label as a JRPG. And they were kind of like um, basically setting, it, setting the record straight that people at Square and some old school developers from Japan don't like that term of phrase because they think it's a bit of like a, a backhanded compliment like only RPGs from their country can be like th the way that they are. Um, sure. And I think without, you know, bringing too much politics and stuff like that into this, I think this is their sort of um, watershed moment where they're like, we need to move on from what we have been doing, um, which is kind of like an older style of game uh, into something that is now more relevant than ever, which is like fast fast action combat, um, a huge scope, an epic scale of a story, um, and, you know, just a lot of a lot of shiny things, kind of like... The summons have been a thing throughout all of the games, uh, but they're called icons this time, and uh, summons usually are, are titans that you can sort of, yeah, you know, summon <laughs> to, mm -hmm. fight, to help you in battle and they're normally like uh an amazing like attack like that does massive amounts of damage and that's it um but in this one the most exciting thing for me is uh the main character is now harnessing the power of what looks to be almost all of them that you can do um i think there's some some sort of narrative story where once you defeat them you can become them um so you can wield their powers and that's where the skill tree comes in as well um you can take on their skills and build onto your sort of own character and how they want to play but then also transforming into them when when these massive titan battles uh, come to play and that's meant to be like the shiny moment of like this is a blockbuster and it really feels like it i think um 15 was heading in that direction of of um sort of an epic scale combat um and whilst uh, there's there's a few people that didn't like it i think it was praised for kind of the direction it went in towards uh towards the fantastical elements and this is going even harder and to have um the combat designer from devil may cry come over here to do this they basically said look anything you want just please just do a combat system for us um and it shows <laughs> and it looks amazing um like mm. you said as well the, the accessibility options um it's a strange one it feels like there is a lot of good to talk about it kind of being these equipable items that you can have from the get-go um but people are kind of questioning that like these are equipable items that will take a slot space up in your inventory stopping you from using other equipable items um so whilst there is like it is a really neat sort of um way of introducing it into a game world sense um but i want to see how it translates to to launch if it's gonna hinder people's experiences for going for the accessibility route so because they've picked these items does that lock them out of other fun things to get their hands on um but we'll see um it looked amazing uh, I'm really excited. Uh, shout out to um, Sid's character, played by, I think it's Ralph Ineson. He's kind of been in The Green Knight, The Witch. Um, 
cool British actor with a really deep, grisly voice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, excited all around. Nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. You made some good points there. Is that day one for you? Uh, yes, I've pre-ordered it. Of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Of course you guys have. All right, then. Um, great stuff. Um, so, next on our news of uh, the year of acquisitions, uh, Sega is officially buying Angry Birds developer Rovio for $775 million. Uh, reading from The Verge, the home of Sonic the Hedgehog says it wants to benefit from Rovio's mobile gaming expertise and help the Finnish company expand its IP across different formats. Um, in a press release, Sega said that it hopes to use Rovio's distinctive know-how in live service mobile game operation to bring Sega's current new titles to the global mobile gaming market. Similar to what Sega's rival Nintendo has been doing with its franchises with smartphone releases such as Mario Kart, Tor, Pokemon Go and Super Mario Run. Sega also wants to help Rovio expand its platform outside of mobile gaming. So, this is the year or the two years of acquisitions, I think. Yeah. Um, as we know, Candy Crush developer King has recently been acquired by Blizzard, or Activision Blizzard. Um, and I think Zynga was bought by Take-Two last year, the place that does Farmville on um, <laughs> on um, Facebook. So, uh, yeah, so we're just, you know, giving cuddles to all the all the companies, the developers out there. Um, what do you think about this, York? Because mobile gaming is kind of like it's it's got its own kind of corner of the world, hasn't it? But I guess yeah. Sega buying it. What what do you think about this? Are you an Angry Bird? Are you a, are you a mobile gamer at all? I think I played Angry Bird a couple of times way back in the day, but yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to be anywhere near, uh, anywhere near as much as this cultural phenomenon, but it was mm. back then. Um, I don't necessarily know whether this is an overpay or not because I don't know how much a company of this type would go. The thing that sets off warning bells to me is that they want the expertise in many of these uh, mobile games. Now, Angry Birds back in the day didn't really have tons of predatory mechanics. I have zero idea whether the more recent releases have. You know, stuff like pain to progress and FOMO mechanics and all sorts. Yeah, no, I don't think Angry Birds had anything like that. I actually think it was pretty decently. Yeah. Um, There are definitely a lot of good mobile games out there, but it can be a struggle to find them. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know uh, I don't know much about their recent games how they've been made and I don't know much about this deal in general but the mobile gaming to me and mobile game design does have a bit of a stigma attached so that's mm. why I'm kind of a little bit worried but I don't know whether I'm right to be in this case I think I might just be judging the book by its wrong cover here. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll have to have to see um yeah yeah i mean yeah it, i think you're right i think i i tend to like i agree with you it's kind of like tender hooks isn't it it's like there's a lot of mar- mobile gaming that's oversaturated and then there's some real slappers on that you know like real games that absolutely slap you know yeah. vampire survivors for example um 
we've got games that are on console that have moved over to mobile that maybe have fallen a bit flat, like COD. You know, COD on mobile, yeah. can't imagine that's great. Um, so it'll be interesting to, be... to see... They seem to be two complete different markets which don't necessarily interact <laughs> with each other too much. That's so um, true, yeah. The sort of player who plays them. Uh, there's, uh, And it's also in Western markets, mobile gaming is nowhere near as prevalent as in Asian markets. Um, yeah. Let's look at PUBG as an example. PUBG is huge in the West when it first came out. Um, like, it's I think it's a record for most games sold for a PC game. And then you look at popularity now, it's dropped off massively. But the PUBG Mobile is absolutely massive still over in places like Indonesia and Vietnam and China and so on. So, yeah, it depends what markets they want to break into as well. Because I don't know if Angry Birds was marketed more towards a Western audience or yeah, whether it sure. was a, a worldwide one or not. Um, so yeah. th- there's a lot I'd yeah. like to know about the detail. The, <laughs> yeah. the it, it's, you make some good points. You do make some really good points there, actually. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. But I think, yeah, cautiously optimistic, it sounds like, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, nice. Josh, what's Sega up to? Um, I think that I want to say it's Tencent that are like so bang on the mobile market right now. I mean, they're bang on as a corporation altogether from China um, that uh, do all sorts of mobile apps, uh, I believe. <laughs> I, I'm never never to yeah they do all sorts of games as well as other apps and stuff like that so they're massive in the market massive in the mobile market as well um and so much so they they kind of have a monopoly um but i think it's a lot of companies that are sort of weighing up their options of what's doing well i think sega whilst uh, sonic frontiers definitely sold better than they anticipated, I think, in their words. Um, They're still looking for a better profit overall and trying to find avenues and acquiring acquiring this company is kind of that step in the right direction. I think they want to capitalise on a big market which is mobile gaming. I think as as much as people don't want to admit, uh, it's probably making a lot more, almost as much bank as uh, the video games that we play on our consoles and our PCs. Um, uh, And I mean, the Angry Bird, the Angry Bird developer got, is it Royvo we said, is it, is that what it is? It's the company. I've been saying Rovio, but it could be Rovio, R-O-V-I-O, Rovio. Rovio? Yeah, Rovio. In the article that you linked to us, I think it sounds a little bit like a symbiotic relationship. So whilst um, Sega are definitely going to be using them to their advantage to kind of tap into a market Mm. that they're sort of not quite in yet, um, uh, Rovio are being slightly promised that they're 
they're going to be able to move from the mobile market into the video game market. Um, so I think, you know, it's a bit of like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Um, yeah. It, it sounds like it's a bit of a leg up for Rovio, but um, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to say that when they've made probably the biggest mobile game outside of Candy Crush. Um, That's true. Uh, so yeah, I think, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's just that it makes business sense, I guess. And, and, you know, they, it wasn't, as they said, a hostile takeover is what they were trying to, trying to like get in front of is that it is a it's a peaceful takeover they're there yeah. coming with uh, they're there with open arms and they want to try Time and establish <laughs> yeah they want to establish a good relationship and try and get more games out um if this means we get angry birds on playstation yeah maybe i'll, I'll give it a that. go yeah, yeah you know is it is it called peggle that's a cool game I that's like a mobile game love peggle yeah, that's Love a bit that. of a mobile game in in console form. So why not bring Angry mm-hmm. Birds there and you know Star Wars Angry Birds and all that stuff. So yeah, no, absolutely, and and that's all it's probably buying in the end, isn't it? It's buying Angry Birds. When we look at the franchise, it's got something ridiculous like billions of downloads. It's been on film twice. So it says yeah. Angry Birds has since been adapted for the big screen once in 2016 and once again in 2019. So you know it's 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 buying all of that loveliness isn't it and and there is a secret potion there that that sega can work on but i think you're absolutely right i think this is an equal um Mm. sort of equal partnership um a little bit i think maybe maybe they're on they're both a little bit they feel like they're both a little bit on the back foot where they're looking for solutions to kind of evolve um Um, because we're not really talking about angry birds as much as we used to um only because other games have come out since then like jesus christ you can play fortnite on mobile now like that is the state of mobile gaming to this day um Mm -hmm. so yeah i think they're both just trying to look at each other and be like let's let's get ourselves out of this (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah you make some great points and and yeah anything to add there miles i know that you're not a huge Sega player. I don't know if you've ever played Angry Birds. I don't know what your relationship is with Angry Birds. I think it personally slaps. You give a player the gym. <laughs> but anything to add? I think like Sega as a publisher, they make they publish some really high quality, highly rated games, like from the Yakuza's sure. to like Two Point, for example. But they're very niche yeah. games. Yeah. They're not very like mainstream. And I think point on the mobile, uh, I'll have you, I'll right? have you know Total War is extremely mainstream. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> no, that's, no, his, no. that's his company of heroes. It's a household name. No, some of them are, some of them are, but on the whole, like a lot of their, especially their console stuff, it's not as marketed towards Western audiences um, in a lot of cases, and so they're not missing out on a lot of the money that, say, for example, Ubisoft or EA make, where they shovel a lot of microtransaction stuff into their core formulas and they sell a lot of copies to like very big markets um and i think this acquisition makes a lot of sense for them in the way that they can take a lot of um oh, i've forgotten their name rovio was it rovio yep, um, yeah. that they can kind of take their expertise and start to implement some of those mechanics into their games and in some ways i think also just kind of make a more mainstream appeal to some of their titles um I don't always like it because I think bringing over the kind of mechanics from mobile titles is very different 
when you're making you know full-blown AAA potentially releases um and i think you know yog you've spoken about it as well of microtransactions tend to be at the forefront of mobile markets and stuff and seeing that increasingly potentially build up within sega's um lineup of games would be not ideal um but i think at the same time sega do need to compete financially with other companies of equivalent size and i think that's partially what's driven this is that they've seen an opportunity to pick up a studio who have created like josh said one of the biggest mobile games that has been made and there's expertise there what they make works what whatever it is that they're doing clearly is having a big impact and it appeals to a lot of people in whatever way so i think for sega it's a very sensible decision i'm just hopeful it's not going to lead to more of those unsaintly kind of mobile mechanics starting to infiltrate into more of their games um but yeah i think as people have alluded to it's it's a sensible option for both parties rovio get to make a bigger games that they want to make and Sega get the expertise of knowing how to make their games more mass appealing to more people and that they can monetize them probably a bit more as well for sure yeah absolutely all right then uh my favorite uh bit of news for the week horizon forbidden west burning shores trailer shows new friends new enemies weapons we love it we love to see it there was a one minute trailer dropped this week it is just under a week away. It drops in 48 hours, people. The DLC for Horizon Forbidden West. Um, it's not really showed much any oh, much of any gameplay. We can see that Aloy is able to use a mount underwater now, um, which is really exciting. Looks like there's going to be a lot more water mechanics. Um, and we've also seen a massive boss kind of new enemy that just looks like a giant spider so uh arachnophobes beware um i just love it i love it i can't wait for this i remember playing um frozen wilds and it's just got that warm fuzzy feeling again um it's gonna be so nice to download horizon forbidden west again <laughs> i'm talking to a bunch of people who've never played it really because i i'm not even gonna count miles and josh as playing it because they i played 20 played hours it. of it i played a good amount <laughs> yeah i, I mean, played really two hours in six different increments uh, you know we, we've tried um, it <laughs> you've tried it and you know what that's fine um, I am very much looking forward to Yogg starting it. I know Yogg is going to start it on PC eventually. I know he's had his eye on it uh, now that it's been ported to PC. Um, Miles, I'll come to you, considering you have played 20 hours of it and you were disappointed, and that's okay to be wrong. That's fine. Um, you know, everyone's wrong now and then. But uh, how are you feeling about Burning Shores? Does the trailer tempt you back? So I do have the temptation to go back to it every now and then because I love the world of Horizon and I think graphically it is spectacular and there was elements that I really enjoyed. There was something about the sequel that just didn't quite catch me and I think there was a couple of like very small changes to how the game actually plays which I think kind of derailed a bit of my experience with it. But also I think I was a little bit fatigued with open world uh, design at that point when I played it, which might have been why I ended up you dropping. You just out played Elden Ring. You just absolutely slammed Elden Ring. And I think, yeah, c coming off of a game which is an open world game as well, but in a very different style, I think that was partially part of my lack of 
it's not even that I didn't enjoy Forbidden West. I think it's an, an unbelievably good game. I just wasn't invested in it when I played it. Um, but watching the trailer... Okay, so... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so are we ready to hold hands, sing Kumbaya, and are you ready to apologise to Rise of Forbidden West? Hey, I never I never slated it. I never said it was bad. I don't think I have anything to apologise for, per se. I just... You saw a couple of pods months ago, you said it was boring, and then you weren't invested, it was a bit of shit, and I didn't mean... have you, and... I mean, Aloy is a bit boring in, in it. I'll I'll give it that. Aloy is boring in it. She's just very one-dimensional and annoying, <laughs> which is weird because she's great in the first game. I don't know what they changed about her character, but it just didn't click with me at all. Um, but I don't I don't think the game is bad. If I did say that, I might have been a little bit hyperbolic. So I apologize if I was being hyperbolic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know who remembers stuff like that? Me. Because yeah. I'm the only person that it feels like in the world that's not shading or forgetting this game. And shaded and snubbed at most awards shows. I will not snub the Aloy. I will not snub Horizon. We've waited yeah. far too fucking long for the sequel for it to just go under the wayside to Elden Ring. I think part of the problem is that it's like, it's the Ubisoft formula of open world, which I think people did become a bit tired of. And I think it's a victim of people's fatigue towards that rather than the game itself not being good i think the game itself does that uh formula probably much better than a lot of other ubisoft games currently um but i gotta say burning shores's trailer was pretty cool and i think um as for yourself and for many other people who did actually very much enjoy forbidden west it's going to be a 15 pound pretty chunky expansion which is going to give a lot more content and some really cool looking bosses to be fair I, even i was watching and i was like damn that's going to be a good time to go up against so yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure yeah. I'm going to be tempted back at some point. It's just a question of when as opposed to whether I will or not. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I really like about uh, Josh's experience over here was that he very much went off it quite immediately. I think you played the first 10 minutes and didn't touch it for like six months. And then at one point I saw you playing it. And then when we surprised you that weekend for your birthday, you were playing it. And then you were like, it was like this like guilty, dark, dirty secret that you were maybe enjoying it. Um, and then you came off it again because you had a lot of review games at once. Um, is this trailer tempting you back at all to finish the story and just fall in love like you're supposed to? <laughs> um, well, it's... it's the, <laughs> this DLC is post-game. Uh, so you're going to have to finish the the story before you get into this. Uh, yes, I don't think we've mentioned that. Um, so for anyone that hasn't played it, this almost means nothing to you right now. And you'll probably forget about what we're talking about because you do have a monstrous 30 to 40 hour game behind it before you can play this extremely gorgeous PS5 exclusive um, DLC. See, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, it was no secret. I think we were, when we were talking about the award ceremonies and nominees and Horizon getting snubbed on a lot of them, I was just playing into uh, into your feelings by just being callous about it not oh, getting okay, any love. Thank you, that's so kind of you. <laughs> Basically, we were just being dicks because we could be. <laughs> So you're yeah. like the playground children, where it's like you're doing it because you because you love me, but it's me. Uh, I was doing it because I was trying to make funnies, and sometimes you hurt people by Who's trying to. Who's laughing now, Josh? Not me. Um, no, 
I'm not laughing either. Let's be let's be real. Um, <laughs> who has the last laugh here? Probably you, because anyway, you'll have another a lovely gorilla. shiny yeah. expansion if to one of your. Time, I'm gonna be. Two. I'm gonna be to better words off my tits, like on yeah. hype. Yeah. Um. So I've not watched anything. Basically, I'm probably the last person you need to speak to about this. Maybe next to Yogg, who hasn't played it either. Um, I've not watched anything because I know that it's post-game stuff. So it's it's stuff that I, I don't want to experience yet. However, I have heard that, you know, um, this whole flying situation, they have these clouds that you can break through and, like, you can see, like, the holes in the clouds that you have flown through and stuff like yeah, that and I've this is this, all... like cloud technology Sounds yes exciting. and that's and i think that's why it's ps5 is because of these um it, it's it's just flares isn't it like yes okay they don't do anything for the game but like to improve upon how amazing the game looks and i you're gonna you're gonna you not you're going to hold this over me for ages. It's probably it one me. of, yep. if not the best yep. looking game on PS5. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yep, yep, yep. Say it louder <laughs> for the people at the back. Say it louder, say it louder. What was that? I'm not saying it again. Anyway. <laughs> Josh, did you know that you can see oh, the individual beads the of sweat? <laughs> Uh, I don't care about the individual beads of sweat. I'm too busy looking at the individual strands of hair that's really pissing me off when she runs around in no matter what direction. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I guess um, this will be kind of Lance Reddick's, I suppose, outing um, in the DLC. Um, it fun. won't, I don't think it will. Um, uh, it will conclude with anything. It was way too late in the development cycle uh, with the sad news that we heard not too long ago about Lance. Um, first name basis, we were. Um, so we'll see. I think, you know, it, it's it's a shame. Do you know what? This trailer came out like hours before the new Zelda Tears of Kingdom trailer. No, so whoever's it doing does so, this. <laughs> whoever's doing the PR for Horizon, like, get your shit like, together. Get a you are get a fucking calendar. <laughs> like this is why like Ed Sheeran moves his album. Was it Ed Sheeran who moved his album for Taylor's <laughs> like people talk, man. Talk to the other people. Like don't have an ego yeah. on behalf of a whole development team. Like just yeah. just you know let it shine, man. Let it shine. <laughs> Sake people. Horizon's getting unfortunately buried. Yeah. Yeah. Horizon's unfortunately getting buried in no matter what kind of promotional material. Um, thank God we're talking about it. God. Because it's not it's not big <laughs> Listen, enough. Gorilla, you're not gonna be listening, but when you are eventually, I mean stop... meet up. I got you. <laughs> stop taking your name so seriously. You don't need to do any guerrilla marketing either. You need to put this front and center. It's like one of the one of the best PlayStation titles out there. Um but yeah, I'm excited for people that are going to get it. Uh, it will be something that I'm sure I'll play next year. <laughs> um, oh, I hate saying that, but it's true. Come on, like I, I bought Resident Evil. Like I bought the, Resident I Evil Four on day release, no. and I've still only played like two hours of it. So you know, no. even the games I absolutely adore, I'm not putting time into properly. There you go. Um. But yeah, I mean, I cannot wait for the week where you say, well, we say, 
Ross, Ross, well, Ross says, Josh, what is your game of the week? And you say, Kat's going to hate this, but uh, it's Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but Josh is completely right. We do have, um, it does have exclusivity news. If you own a PS4 and you're playing Horizon Forbidden West, you will not have access to Burning Shores. You will have to get a PS5 uh, for luxury, I'm afraid, due to, um, you know, it's banging graphics uh, <laughs> and banging technology that it's going to have. You know, and I think this is going to be, this is it's a shame. And I know that some people are a bit, bit kind of dis- disconcerted about that. But um, yeah, it's a decision that was made, and like you said, Josh, it's it's too late in the in the cycle, development cycle about Lance. You know, hopefully they do dedicate it to him, and um, and it will be really really amazing to see, uh, what's in store because you're right, this will be post game, and and I think that they did Frozen Wilds very very well. Where where for anyone who hasn't played Frozen Wilds, it's it's like the, it's a DLC of um, Zero Dawn. And it tells you enough more of the story that you don't need to know it if you never played Frozen Wilds and just went from Zero Dawn to Forbidden West. I think it does a really, really good, um, just does a really good job at the writing of that. It, or it did a really good job at the writing of that, considering um, that Lance Reddick's character was so at the forefront of Zero Dawn and is uh, is a, a Forbidden West as well. Um much kind of rich story there that it was difficult to be able to isolate that part of the story so that you didn't have to have played the DLC just to know a bit more of what's going on. It just really enriches what you already know. Um, and I imagine they're going to do the same for Burning Shores, is that it's going to be almost like this 15-hour or 12-hour, um, well, actually, it probably isn't 15 hours. It's probably going to be like 10 to 12, um, you know, of enriched story extra story bits um, or like really this just kind of like glorified teaser trailer for the for the third one <laughs> but yeah York, i know you haven't played horizon yet um but i know it's something that is on your hit list haven't i are you where are you at with with playing horizon one day or have you started horizon what's your relationship with horizon at the moment maybe i've already played it what? <laughs> I haven't. Oh, I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> oh, that was payback for the quiz. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right. I fucking deserve that. I'm a um, Oh well. <laughs> I have bought it. So yeah. I bought it in the Steam sale like what three, four weeks ago now. Um, did, yes. It's even downloaded. And I don't have the Ooh. biggest of drives. Uh, it takes up like 90 gig on PC or something crazy. Wow. Um, so, and I'm not deleting it until I've played it for at least six hours. I love that. I love <laughs> um, for at least six. I love that you're giving it like a go. You won't need six hours in it. You'll, you'll be you'll be sold by that. I feel like a game um, like this, you, if you don't give it at least that amount of time to really like get into its stride. Yeah, and it's not really had enough of a chance, um, which sure. is why I tend to have like four or six hour, um, uh, like cutoffs for my own personal time in which I'll give it enough of a chance. Love that, love that. So when people say I watch first season, if I'm not pulled by it, then uh, I'm not going to watch anymore. Love that. Um, which is why it annoys me when people say no to love Game of Thrones. You have to watch to season three. 
no I don't because if I have to watch it then I'm just I'm not I'm not in love with it I'm just used to it you know yeah, so, no. <laughs> I feel like um, everyone has different amounts of time they'll need to put into for something sure. for me it might be six hours for someone else it might just be an hour generally yeah, you'll know your own um limits yeah, yeah exactly in terms, Very nice. in terms of playing it I will get around to it probably within the next mm. two months um, <laughs> did you catch a trailer at all or does it just mean nothing to you is it just a different language right now I should watch a trailer because as much as it's future content and I'm kind of possibly spoiling it slightly for myself, the second game isn't even out on PC yet um, and it'll be a while. So it's going to be years before I get around to playing it. And then there's the DLC to come out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I've not watched a trailer. I think I'll need to and then I'll uh, I'll talk about it in the Slack and see what it's like. Well, let me know when you do, because I'll be the only person that's excited about that, because everybody sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> is, is there anyone else at Finger Guns who likes Yeah, Horizon? Ross loves it. Ross is a, Ross is a good um, Horizon fat. Sean, Sean smashed it in, like, two days, like he always does. Sean's um, a machine. I love Sean. He's an absolute machine when it comes to absolutely games. absolutely not human, that man. Um, I think Tobes liked it. I think Tobes is a Horizon fan. Greg couldn't get into it. Maybe Platinum um, And Paul... Huh? Toby platinum it. Oh, he did. Yeah, I think Toby did like it. Um, yeah, Greg couldn't get into it. He said that he tried twice and he couldn't get into it. And I don't know about Paul. I don't know where Paul stands on Horizon actually. It's good. If it does, it have any cyberpunk elements? Because if it does, then he's, <laughs> he's fine. Um, I mean, if you <laughs> no, not really. That's <laughs> a bit too post-apocalyptic for that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay, well, there we have it. Now we are on to recommendations. This is where uh, we see something in the week that we'd like to recommend to everybody, whether it be a TV, a unicorn, a lamp, chocolate bar, a piece of food, a recipe, a game, or a film that we've watched. Um, We just want to recommend it for you to check out, just because why not share the love? Um, I'll go from the top, Miles. What is your recommendation from this week? Mine is a game from my backlog that I finally got around to actually playing, and it is a Plague Tale Requiem. Oh, yes. It's it's absolutely superb. I genuinely going into this was thinking it was going to be another solid 7 slash 8 out of 10 game, which I thought the original was. I very much enjoyed the original, but it wasn't like a... It didn't blow me away. I just very much enjoyed the story and the atmosphere of it. This is a major step up. Firstly, graphically, it is absolutely incredible. Um, the story I'm of it... this because Miles was just looking at um, water drip from a wall, like rainwater drip from a wall, and was like, look at that. Look at this. It's gorgeous. Rub from hot ones. Look at this. Look yeah. At that. Look at us. Look at that. Like... Yeah, it's just absolutely stunning. Like, And the, the water effects were a highlight. The wave effects, there's a couple of parts we were on a boat. The wave effects are just awesome. Um, the game looks great. I think the story is much better in this one. Um, I think characters that are introduced and utilized throughout are very effectively done. Maybe even more so than the original, I think, in a couple of ways. Um, and the gameplay is also a bit more... There are still some of those odd frustrating sections, but I think on the whole the gameplay has been smoothed out and improved quite a lot too. Um, I've had a genuinely wonderful time with it. I'm literally on the final chapter to finish it. I haven't quite got to the very ending just yet, 
But um, yeah, it's it's a superb game, and I'm glad that I finally caught up on it. So if you haven't, like me, tried out Plague Tale until now, do yourself a favor and get on the sequel. It's sick. And Toby also gave it a very uh, a very praiseful write up when he did the review way back when. And uh, yeah, I actually agree with a lot of the points he made in it. Um, do we still want to drop Kirk Hugo, or is he grown up? He's still annoying in places, but I think they've made his annoyingness a bit more uh, fleshed out into an actual person rather than just this kid that you wanted to boot straight into the rats. Now he's a bit more uh, tolerable. He's still annoying, though. He's still a bit annoying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Josh, what is your recommendation of this week? I think Josh uh, is busy, so I'll take over. Sick. All right, then, you crack on, babe. Um, uh, so... Oh, shit, yeah, you did say come to me last, please. I'm so sorry, Josh. Yog, what is your recommendation for the week? <laughs> My recommendation of the week is just probably going to be Warhammer of any kind. Um, so specifically, I mean the models as opposed to games or other media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just started painting models again for the first time since 2007. I am Ooh. terrible at it. <laughs> um, I've got proper shakes. I have just, I'm just naturally quite a shaky person. Um, and I'm not very good with artistic endeavors in general, but. It's really fun to like put your armies together and choose what colors you want to use and everything. Um, and he, whether you're just going to use them for display purposes or actual tabletop gaming, um, mm-hmm. Warhammer has been uh, really fun. Um, I don't just collect Warhammer, I do collect Battletech as well. Um, okay. I really love. Uh, about universe two so i guess just like tabletop war gaming in general um is probably my recommendation um like it's warhammer is quite expensive it for for an army which uh you can go tabletop gaming with you're looking about 100 100 to 150 pounds if you buy it new if you're lucky you can get some deals on ebay but uh, mm-hmm. People have started noticing that, and it's difficult to actually get stuff on eBay at a bargain price anymore. But sure. um, the other thing is, there's a new edition coming uh, of Warhammer. So currently we're on ninth edition. There's a new edition, tenth uh, coming out in. It's not a guarantee when it is, but probably around about September, ish September October. Oh. Okay. So if you're if you're not sure whether to get into it because it's really far into an edition okay. and so on, there won't be any better time than later this year. Um, so maybe save a save up a little bit if you Aww. if you do want it's to. Great recommendation. Get back nice. into it. Nice. My friend plays. Well, he doesn't play. He paints Warhammer. Um, mm. he doesn't play tabletop. He just paint. He just likes. He just really enjoys painting them, and he. Um, like gets the paint off when he wants to repaint something or makes a mistake. He gets a electric toothbrush. Yeah. To remove the paint. Yeah. You, so the way you you'll put it in um isopropyl alcohol or something, whatever it's called. Yeah. You leave it in that oh. for ten fifteen minutes, and then you get the toothbrush on it afterwards. 
depending on what your model is made of. If it's hard plastic, it's fine. If it's the old metal models, you'll be fine. You can just basically leave them in. However, if your models are made of resin, you have to be really careful. It can actually end yeah, up... Yeah, because I'll mould them, yeah. Yeah, um, like stripping all the detail off and leaving what's basically not a model anymore. It's just a lump of whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, like a, a little bit of... Uh, if you look at tutorials, and there's thousands of tutorials on the internet for painting and like anything you want, really... Uh, if you're patient and watch plenty of tutorials and just practice a little bit, you you can get there with it. I mean, if I can do it, anyone can. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, that's a great recommendation. Thanks, Jog. Um, Josh, anything to recommend this week that takes our fancy? Uh, ooh, take your fancy. I don't know. I, I was thinking... Not my fancy. <laughs> Uh, I was going to do uh, a tiny, tiny bit of a, a fraction of a, a self-plug on here. Okay. Um, oh, I know what you're going to plug. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Do it. Do uh, it. Do so, it. Do it. <laughs> uh, I've had the fortunate um, opportunity to be part of a, con uh, a part contributor to a very small, very minor part contributor to um, a magazine that is going that has now gone to print. Pre-orders are coming out, uh, um, and you can also get it digitally as of now. Um, and that is Debug Magazine. Um, Debug Magazine is completely. Uh, uh, I think they're self-publishing their own stuff, so it's it's the guys that are helming it that are doing all the legwork to try and get this out um and props to them they want to make a magazine that's uh all about indie games um and that's retro games to modern indie games all of it's being covered um i've written a little preview in there um and there are some people in there that have been doing this for decades writing in print um so i thought i'd give them a shout out debug magazine um yeah check them out well done, yeah, nice ones, awesome, and congratulations on being in print, dude. Thank you very much. Sick stuff. If you love us and you love Josh, check him out and do work as well. It's a great little, um, I'm not really little, but like that's just what, that's just what I say. Um, it's a great um thing to be a part of, and uh, yeah, it was our first edition, and it came out last week. Um, pretty sick. Be really cool if something like that came out. Um, because I think. Now that we live in such an online world, it is nice to have something in print to be able to read on the train or to be able to collect. And I think, yeah, that's really special, especially when it corners and spotlights indie games. Yeah, great. What am I recommending this week? I will recommend you a recipe. It's not really a recipe, okay? It's more just a rediscovery of something that I'd completely forgotten about. And seeing as it's Easter, sort of, it's not, okay, it's no longer Easter. But okay, seeing as it was Easter, I want to get on board with the idea that twirls can be straws. Okay, so lately I've been having this mini obsession with hot chocolate, squirty cream, marshmallows, and then you get a, a twirl chocolate bar. Okay, just your average twirl chocolate bar. You bite the start off, you bite the butt off, you bite the little, and then you suck your hot chocolate through the twirl and it's just extra chocolatey and it's amazing and yes have we known we could do this for 10 years yes we have but 
you know, I just wanted to remind you, and that's my recommendation for this week, is if you have leftover chocolate, and some of it happens to be twelve, use it in hot chocolate because you will not ruin it. Um, I would like to second that motion. There you go. It was uh, very yeah, good. I, I made, yeah, I made Miles one earlier, um, and he's asked for another one after the pod. Uh, so that's how good they are. I'm not going to say I invented it because I didn't invent it, but I just wanted to remind you all that that exists because it can be used as a straw. <laughs> right then, that is everything from us. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And don't forget, if you want to follow us everywhere, you absolutely can. Just check the link tree in the bio in the description below to find us in all the places possible. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS or you can follow us individually as well in the description below where you'll find all of our handles except for miles who's smart and doesn't have twitter if you really like what we do you can subscribe to our patreon for one dollar a month which keeps the podcast alive and kicking on its various podcast services and keep the websites nice and spooky uh, but that's it we will be back next week with our 200th episode of the finger guns podcast we have guests we have returning roscoe it's just going to be a party, guys. You are not going to want, want to miss that one. Because, you know, Ethan Lawrence is fantastic. He's amazing. He's funny. You know, um, if you've watched Afterlife, you know, you've probably spent the whole time crying for it because it's sad. But it's also really funny. Um, and he'll be back. Um, he'll also probably um, be topless again. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be topless. Maybe we'll have a video clip from that too. Uh, <laughs> but we will be filming that next Tuesday. So it'll be a little bit later than planned. Please don't miss it. It will be fabulous. We've got a lot to celebrate. 200 episodes of the pod. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people listening. Um, And Ross will absolutely back that 1,000%. We would still not be doing this 200 episodes later if we didn't have such amazing listeners. Um, So thank you for being here. If you've been here from day one, thanks. Just, you know, thanks for sticking around. If you've joined us recently you know nice to have you to the family um and yeah if you've been here since mid 50s 20s 30s just thanks for sticking around uh we really appreciate it um and we love you thanks for listening to our voices drone on whether it be in the car when you're getting ready just for background we appreciate it and we see you and we see all your comments and we see reviews and yeah we just really appreciate it so thanks so much and we'll catch you next time on the finger guns podcast but for now it is bye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. It is goodbye from Mr. Yog Dog. Goodbye. It is goodbye from me. We will catch you next week on the 200th episode of the Food Guns.